morning. What a beautiful crowd. Welcome to New Hope this morning. I'm so excited you're here, and I see some visitors, and I see an awesome group of young people up here, which excites me so much. Um, if you're visiting with us today, welcome. Um, there is a number at the top of your bulletin, and if you're watching online, there's a number on the screen if you would text welcome to that. And you are looking at some pictures of our weekend. We had our Disciple Now weekend, and it was amazing. Um, I am so blessed to get to share life with all these young people, the ones up here. We had three groups of um, youth. We had our younger girls, our older girls, and then our guys. We had wonderful hosts, um, the Piercys, the Brooks, and the Horton families all helped out, and wonderful leaders. We had a great kitchen crew ran by Sue Bruns, and of course, Jonathan gave his whole weekend up for us, so we are just so thankful. We had, um, just a little recap, we had a guest speaker in the evenings all weekend, Curtis, Pastor Curtis McDaniel and the band Risen um, that came from Elizabeth Baptist. They were our worship leaders, some, along with our youth band that led. So I'm just thankful. I thank each of y'all who helped and prayed and brought your kids to this. It was an incredible experience for all of us. And we have um, some people that are going to speak. I met one. Anyone else? I didn't ask right before they came. We're going to see who all comes up in just a minute. But before we get started, I'm just going to go to the Lord in prayer. Wonderful Savior, Holy Father, we just thank you for this beautiful Sunday. Thank you for this day that we are here to worship you, to praise you, to hear about this weekend, to see all these young people and that they were able to spend a full weekend away from all of the world just to be with you in worship, in service, in fun, in fellowship. God, we thank you for all of that. I thank you for every person that's in this sanctuary now, God, that you brought them here, that they listened to your command to come here and worship that they listened to your call, your pull this morning when they woke up. I thank you for them, and I pray that you soften them and that, and that they hear your words from Pastor Russ this morning and from our youth, and as they worship with them, Lord, that you move them in a mighty way, that your spirit move them in a way that when they leave, they are no longer the same person as they walked in. I give you this morning and this time and I praise your holy name. Amen. So we'll start with Bailey Horton, who's going to come share. My time at D-Now has been so fun. My favorite part was growing in Christ and my relationships with these girls. In small groups, we learned how the veil was torn and how God is with us when we face our giants. Thank you for the leaders for, for this amazing first D-Now and to Mary for putting together this great weekend. Um, I have an announcement to make on behalf of the ACT teams. Um, the 2022 Senior Adult Banquet will be a luncheon on Sunday, April 3rd, and it's gonna be after the morning worship service. So everyone 55 and older is invited. Um, we're having honey-baked ham with lots of good side items and dessert. Um, just please let an ACT team know by March 27th or um, sign up outside the church office, and you can either dine in the Hope Center or pick up to-go plates. Thank you. Okay, so I didn't write anything down, so kind of just bear with me here. Um, just going to share what we did this weekend um, with the, the guys group. Um, we went to... We went to some uh, nursing homes in Shelby or something, and um, we, what we did is we uh, sang some some hymns to them, and it was really cool because like well there was some like the first couple people um, they seemed they seemed like touched by it and it seemed meaningful to them but on the last lady that we got to um, it was normal like we knocked on our door she came out and we sang some songs. But then she shared her uh, testimony to us, and she told us that she had a 30-something-year-old daughter 
that got diagnosed with cancer, and she had five months left to live, or six or something. Um, but um, apparently, they just, I don't really know, I don't remember exactly what she said, but the her daughter ended up living five years, and um, she told us that it was because of God and that she had, like, prayed with her daughter, and she told her that God would uh, kind of just lead the way and to let him take control. And uh, she did pass away, but she lived a lot longer than it was expected. And uh, so the woman moved down here to Shelby, and she told us that when she was still in the mountains, which is where she lived before, there was a group like us that uh, did the same thing. And so I think we, like made her really happy, and we helped her out a lot, getting comfortable, because uh, she's only been down here like two years, but yeah, we also gave them cards, just, you know, to make them feel better, but yeah. Okay, okay so I'm speaking on behalf of the high school girls, even though I'm in eighth grade, but yeah, because the 8th graders helped me with the high school girls. McKenna, be quiet. Um, I also didn't write anything down, so yeah. I got to get to know a bunch of these girls a lot better than I knew them before. And <coughs> we had a lot of fun at our host house. And our mission project was we went to Ingalls and we got Ingalls gift cards and we made little cards and we also got a bouquet of flowers and we went to Uptown and we put the cards into people's windshields and we wrote like Bible verses and like encouraging stuff in them and with the flowers we were like we love Jesus and we just want to show that how much we love Jesus so here's some flowers do you have anything that you want us to pray with you about and a lot of these people felt very touched. We went into this one, like, bakery uptown, and the girl was like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. This just made my day. And it was, like, so sweet. <laughs> and, like, yeah, and it was, like, super sweet. But we got to just get to know each other a lot better and we made a bunch of jokes that we're probably going to remember for like the rest of our lives <laughs> and it was so much fun but yeah that's kind of what the high school girls did I want to clarify one thing. So the mission projects they're talking about, let me just tell you what it was really quickly. They were each given money, and they were told to just make it grow for Jesus. And that was their only instruction, really. So each group had money. They prayed over it. They prayed what God should lead them to do. So everything that each group did was completely decided by the students and planned by the students and done by the students. So when you hear these awesome stories, I just want you to know that God intervened in their life and did this through them. So praise God. All right, y'all, let's please stand up now. <laughs> and I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures of faith.
sing You give beauty for ashes You turn shame into glory You're the only one who can You turn mourning to dancing
Good job. Are y'all proud of these guys? All right. I tell you what, that's, a, that's an awesome uh, example for us, amen? And uh, they have had an incredible weekend of uh, worship and ministry and uh, just getting to know each other and getting to know God and, and uh, praise God. For that, I hope I don't get them folks too mixed up because I'm moving everything around for them. But I'm going to put your music right there, guys, okay? Are you a child of God? Amen. Are we living that kind of life? Are we living a life that exemplifies 
Uh, God's working in our heart and in our life. That's one of the things we're going to be asking ourselves this morning is are we living that way? Are we living by the, by the wisdom of God or by the wisdom of the world? If you will, turn with me to, to James chapter 3. We're going to be in that chapter today in that book. We're continuing our series in the series 316. And man, we're closing in on going on a year in, uh, in this study um, where we've taken uh, different books of the Bible uh, chapter 3, verse 16, or uh, verses around there, or the chapter 3s through the, a number of ver- uh, books through the Bible, and have worked our way up through to James. So that's where we are today, and uh, we'll continue on. Got a, got a couple more weeks, but been in a, a really neat study um, over, the last, over the course of the last year. But as we begin to look at, at James chapter 3, we see that He's addressing the teachers of the church and the high standard that comes with with being a teacher because what we teach matters, okay? And what we say and and how we teach affects other people. It affects the way they live, the way they believe. It affects what they believe and see in us, how we represent the church, okay? So all of that is taken into account. And he says that we can distinguish between the two true believers and the false believers by by two things. Number one is their words, and the second thing is their attitude or their wisdom. Now again, this this teaching was first directed at the teachers of the church, but it's for everybody, okay? And so it's a word for us today. He begins addressing, James does, begin addressing the, the, the use of the tongue, how we use our tongue, the words that we say, the attitudes in which we say them. And it ends up the chapter talking about earthly wisdom versus godly wisdom. If you will, again, turn with me to James chapter 3, and verses 1 and 2, he, he begins pointing that out. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, so he's talking to everybody, not many of you, not many of you should become teachers in the church. For we who teach will be judged more strictly. Okay, so let's just hold that out right there for the teachers. If you're a teacher in the church, we have a higher standard, okay? We are held accountable for what we teach in God's Word and about God's Word. But then he goes on to everybody else. He says, indeed, we all make many mistakes. Would you agree with that? Amen. Amen. We all make many, many mistakes. And listen to this. Listen to this next sentence. He says, for if, if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. If we could control that little thing in our mouth, we would be perfect in every way. (laughs) You know, that's that's a pretty tall tall statement, isn't it? That, That is what's keeping us from a better life, from being more Christ-like. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Did you hear that? If we could control our tongues, everything else in our life would be better. Folks, our tongues have caused the downfall of many things. Many of people, churches, organizations, even nations. And that one little muscle is so uncontrollable and causes so much trouble for us and for people around us. And he goes on to use a couple of uh, comparisons comparing the tongue to the, to the body. He says, a, a bit in a horse's mouth can control the mighty strength of a horse. If you've ever ridden a horse, you know just a, a slight tug, okay, will make a, a 12, 1500 pound horse go the, the way you want it to go. And then a, a tiny rudder, okay, to steer a, a massive ship. We see out in California, we hear quite often about the wildfires out there. And so many times those wildfires are, are, are started just by a small spark. And that's what he says here. A, a small spark can start a, a mighty and a great forest fire. Summer's coming up. Maybe last summer you've been to 
the zoo or, or sea world or somewhere like that. All kind of animals, birds and reptiles, uh, creatures of the sea, they've all been tamed, haven't they? But not our tongue. Not our tongue. And, and, and he goes on to ask, how can the, the same tongue that offers praises turn around at the same time and hurl curses. He said, it's not right. And we ask that in our home settings, in our church settings, in our workplace, in our schools. We offer up blessings and at the same time we call, we call out hatred on other people. And the absence of, of love is is evident there and so that type of attitude in our heart it shouldn't come from a Christian should it it shouldn't come from our hearts the heart and, and the mouth of a Christian should be filled with, with praise and not po- uh, poison he gives an illustration in verse uh, 11 and 12 he says does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water it doesn't happen it can't happen Or does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. You see, folks, if our hearts are filled with Christ, how can it at the same time speak blessings and curses or hatred to other people? It can't. And so today, what's guiding our heart? What wisdom is leading our heart today? If our hearts are filled with the things of the world, it can't be filled with the things of God. And so that raises a question I want us to to think about today, to to ponder this morning. It's found in verses 13 through 18. And there James is telling this, that that there are two different kinds of of wisdoms that are under control or, or, or battling for control in our lives. Heavenly wisdom and earthly wisdom. But where does that wisdom come from? And are we living by the heavenly wisdom or the earthly wisdom? And so he goes on to contrast the the peace that comes from following God's wisdom versus the chaos that comes by following the wisdom of the world. And so James is explaining how how we can identify the earthly wisdom and enjoy the inner peace of the heavenly wisdom. And he offers us a challenge in verse 13. A challenge for us today, for everybody here today. And here it is in verse 13. He says, if you are wise, if you are wise and understand God's way, I want you to prove it. That's our challenge for you today. If you are wise and understand God's way, prove it. Prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. But what kind of wisdom? Earthly or godly? He goes on to to describe both of those so that we will be able to know which one's leading our heart, which one's leading our life. He points out the characteristics of each one and, and, and suggest that we evaluate our hearts to see which one is indeed leading the way we live. He says in verse 14, he says, But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover it up with truth by boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. But such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. So when we're following the things of the world, our life is going to be in disorder. There's going to be chaos there. It talks about bitter jealousy, and the word bitter there, it's the same word in verse 14 that's used in verse 11 and 12, talking about the bitter bitter water, meaning slightly salty but not... Maybe like something you would gurgle with when you got a sore throat. Not something uh, as salty as the ocean might be. 
okay? But just something a little bit bitter, not fresh. And when he combines that with the word jealous, which is meaning a, a, a greedy or a prideful longing for, for something that's not ours, when we're longing for something for somebody else, when you put those two together, that bitter jealousy, that in, intensely jealous heart that we have, the bitter rivalry that's there, it consumes everything good in our lives. That bitter jealousy can, can mean great hostility or, or animosity and, and ultimately it become, becomes like a cancer in our body, in our heart, in our, in our soul. And it blinds us from what God wants us to do in our lives and what He wants to do in and through our lives. And in the end, it constrains our relationship with God and with others. And so when we have that bitter jealousy, it stifles us where we are. We can't grow with each other. We can't grow with God. And then he talks about the selfish ambition. It's all about selfish gain regardless of of what it costs to other people. You've, you've seen that in your life before, haven't you? You've seen people with that attitude, with that way of life, that, that I'm going to get ahead, I'm going to get this no matter what it costs, no matter what it costs. You or anybody else, I'm stepping on anybody I can to get where I want to go. Okay? We've all seen that in somebody's life. But this, this person will stop at nothing to fulfill their desires in life and what they want. And so this is a strong desire for, for personal growth and, and personal success without any moral guidelines at all. They'll do what they have to do to get ahead. And so when we see a teacher with this selfish ambition or, or that bitter jealousy, or if we see it in other people, we know that they're not being led by, the, by heavenly wisdom. You see, those are great indicators that, that they're being led by, by worldly wisdom. And when you have that combination of, of bitter jealousy and, and, and selfish ambition, it can be troublesome. You see, when Christians are operating in that, in, in that self-interest and, and, and in the flesh, they wind up promoting Satan's agenda instead of God's agenda. And that's why James here is pleading with us pleading with us to be able to recognize the difference between the two kinds of wisdom, earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom, and which one do we see ourselves in, and to be able to caution our hearts when we begin moving towards the way of the world. And he gives a couple of examples, uh, uh, the Bible does, in, in, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, we find that Peter, okay, he's working in the flesh, and Jesus tells him in in Matthew 6, 23, Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are my stumbling block. So Peter was a stumbling block to Jesus. We might think, well, Jesus is God. He didn't have any stumbling blocks. Peter, get behind me, Satan, for you are a stumbling block to me. You don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. It was all about His ways of the world. And then in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24, He's talking about the, the sinning Christians. And He says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the, in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to, knowledge, to the knowledge of truth. And that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. And so here you have the, 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 the Christians that were quarrelsome and, and problematic. And, and so they were advancing the world's kingdom and not God's kingdom. And so here he's saying, pray that you'll be uh, enlightened and that you'll uh, be, that you'll be able to escape the, the, the holds of Satan and the holds of the world. And this earthly wisdom and, 
In, in, in James chapter 3, verse 15, it says it's unspiritual, it's evil, it's demonic. And so what's the result in that? It's disorder. It's disorder in our lives. There'll be chaos in every vile practice. We might use the word catastrophe as well. There'll be no peace, no tranquility when being led by the worldly wisdom, by the ways of the world. Because there is no peace in the world. Peace only comes from God. Amen? And when we're following the wisdom of heaven, peace will come our way. He talks about boasting and lying. That comes from pridefulness and and arrogance. And and those that are filled with, with rivalry and a negative spirit, they ought not to pretend that they are speaking in God's wisdom because it's evident to everybody else. And so verse nine, uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, and if you find yourself leaning towards these worldly wisdoms, it says if we confess our sin, He is faithful. If we confess our sinfulness, God is is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. That's a promise from God. And since that promise is there, Acts 3.19 tells us, then then go ahead and, and repent. Then go ahead and confess your sins to the Lord and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out that season of refreshing may come from the repentance of the Lord. And so when we confess our sins, God will forgive us. So go ahead and repent. Go ahead and and find yourself on your knees before the Lord. Not just for, for any unrighteousness in your life. What is it in your life that you're facing that you know in your in your heart that isn't right, that you're out of bounds with God? What are you facing in life and, and doing in life that you know isn't according to God's Word? And, and God tells us to come and repent and confess that to the Lord and He will, he will forgive us. And, and when we have that forgiveness, it allows us to move forward in our relationship with other people and most importantly with God. When we do that, we can step back and and watch God do an amazing work in our lives. But that will never happen until repentance and confession comes our way. And and just as our faith is, is demonstrated in good works and good deeds, wisdom is demonstrated by our good conduct and by, by our gentleness. And that leads us into into where he's describing the godly wisdom, wisdom from heaven in verses 17 and 18. And so listen and compare the difference in verse 17 and 18 versus the the worldly wisdom, what you get out of the world versus what you get out of the heavenly wisdom. He says in verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times. And willing to yield to others, it's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. And it shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacekeepers, peacemakers, will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. And so godly wisdom is described there in, in verse 14. It's, it's pure, it's not bitter. Okay, It's not the salty water, it's fresh. And, and verse 17, it, again, it contrasts. Godly wisdom versus uh, of, of peace and loving kindness and, and gentleness versus verse 14, which is bitterness, which is jealousy, selfish ambition, destruction, chaos in our life. You see, wisdom from above is, is undivided. It's, it's filled with peace. It's gentleness. It's, it's open to reason. It's willing to listen to other people. It's it's full of mercy. It's full of good fruits. It's impartial. It's sincere. It's willing to listen. It's willing to learn. It's willing to extend grace to those who've who've hurt you and and, and caused you harm. 
True wisdom doesn't waffle from one to the other. It doesn't pretend. It's honest and, and genuine. And so the results of, of heavenly wisdom is a harvest of, of righteousness sown in peace. And only God can make that peace grow in our hearts, in our lives. But we have to be submitted to it in order for, for it to happen. With peace and gentleness, relationships can, can then develop and, and grow beyond what they are. Most importantly though, not necessarily with relationship with each other, but with God. Because once we have our relationship right with God and living according to God's word and God's call and God's teachings, then our relationships with each other become right, can become right. And so Romans chapter 12, verse 2, which we take this renew from, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, perfect, and pleasing will for your life. The wisdom that, that guides our life impacts every area of our life. It's how we approach other people. It's how we interact with other people. And those with heavenly wisdom will listen to God. They'll be able to control themselves and they yield themselves in their lives to whatever God wants them to do. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So let me ask you this morning, which wisdom is leading your life? Which wisdom is leading your life? It has to be one or the other, heavenly wisdom or earthly wisdom. One brings satisfaction, the other brings destruction. One brings peace, the other chaos. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If you lack wisdom, if we lack wisdom, we should ask God, it says, for He gives to everyone generously without criticizing, and it will be given to them. Folks, that is a promise from God. If we're lacking wisdom, if we don't see that wisdom in our life, God says, ask me for it. I'm not going to criticize you. I, you know, you, you, you've heard the, the statement, there's no such thing as a bad question. God says, here, ask me for it. I'm not going to criticize you, make fun of you, shun you, or anything else. He says, I will give you wisdom if you simply ask for it. And Matthew 6, 23 says, so seek the kingdom of God first. Seek the kingdom of God first in His righteousness, and all these things shall be given to you as well. And so this morning, again, I'll close asking you, will you take the challenge? that we opened up with. Will you take that challenge that, that James offered us this morning? If you are wise, if we are wise and if we understand God's ways, let's prove it, okay? Let's prove it. How are we going to prove it though? He goes on to say, prove it by living an honorable life. Start right there. Are we living that honorable life right now in our schools, in our workplace, in our homes? When you go to school this week and, and, and conversations are going to be coming up, what would y'all do this weekend? When you begin telling them about this weekend, are they going to see the same you on Monday that they see on Friday? Conversation is going to come up with us. Man, it sure was cold this weekend. What would you do? I went to church and it was warm in there. Amen. You went to church. Are they going to see the same person on Monday and on Friday? Are they going to see the same person, students and adults, on Monday morning and on Saturday night or Friday night? 
You see, that's our challenge. To, to prove it, to living that honorable life, doing good work with the humility that comes from the wisdom of heaven. Seek the Lord and ask for wisdom and live an honorable life utilizing His wisdom each and every day. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, God, we come to you this morning accepting that challenge, being reminded that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords and that all good things come from you, all heavenly wisdom, all good wisdom comes from you, God, which leads to peace and righteousness. All earthly wisdom leads to chaos and destruction and disorder. And so, Father, we choose today what kind of wisdom we want to follow. And Father, we're asking you today, we're asking you right now, leaning on your word and trusting in your word that, that if we ask, you will provide wisdom to lead a godly life. Father, we're asking today, we're seeking you today and asking, Father, that you would pour into us the wisdom that we need to be your examples here in this world at this time. Lord, open up our hearts, God, and hear our prayers. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stand and worship with us. to the
Alright y'all, let's play. Um, dear God, I just want to thank you for letting us be here today to learn more about you. I pray that what we learn today can we can use throughout not just through this week but through our life. And I pray that um people, everyday people, will see your love through us. And I pray that um we can show your love and show them what you are to us and what you mean to us. In your name, amen. <laughs>